I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Now we go to Mali, something most foreigners have stopped doing. They've been scared away ever since the military coup in March, followed by the radical Islamist takeover in the north. The State Department has warned against all travel to Mali right now. Tourism used to be Mali's third largest industry. Now that has collapsed, many families who rely on it are suffering. Bonnie Allen recently visited Segu, about 150 miles north of the capital Bamako. She didn't have much company. I'm searching for a tour guide on a dusty street in Segu. This alone is unusual. Normally, guides loiter outside hotels and restaurants, eagerly wooing any foreigner who enters this charming riverside town. These days, they've all but given up. I finally find a group of them, all young men, playing cards, smoking cigarettes, and drinking tea. One of them tells me, ever since the crisis began, we're sitting around doing nothing. We are not doing anything. We don't have a job. We don't know what to do. We all live off tourism. When there is no Westerners, we just sit. All the youth are unemployed. Frankly, we are fed up. As I carry on, street peddlers seem surprised to see me. Suleiman Dambale is hawking miniature xylophones. He's disappointed I'm a journalist, not a customer. Did you sell anything today? No, he says, nothing. At the once popular Hotel Joliba, the manager, a Canadian named Gino Peltier, sits on the empty patio with a cup of coffee. People would leave Bamako and stop overnight in Segu. So you would see like 60 or 70 people just coming down and filling up the hotels in Segu. And now since the, the crisis, since the coup d'etat, I haven't seen any tourists. In the past six months, maybe I saw maybe three or four crossing by in front of the hotel. That's, that's about it. He says they've laid off half of their staff since March and stopped buying vegetables from local vendors for the restaurant. It's an economic crisis. If I don't buy, then the, the, the woman that's selling the carrots or the salad, she doesn't sell. So this has an impact also on her family and etc. I'm now sitting in a wooden boat called a panas on the Niger River. This is something tourists used to pay 600 U.S. dollars to do, making a three-day journey up the river to Timbuktu. The troubles actually began in 2009 when an al-Qaeda affiliate operating in the north kidnapped four European tourists and later executed one. Foreign embassies started issuing travel warnings. Now, with a military coup and radical Islamist militants occupying the north, Mali's tourism sector has collapsed. On the river shore, thousands of orange clay pots are piled high. Mariam Kita tells me the profits from selling pottery to foreigners used to feed 10 people in her family, including her four children, her husband, his parents and her parents. Her husband lost his job as a teacher because families can no longer afford to pay school fees. The couple even had to pull their 12-year-old son out of school. Personally, I feel sick, she says. If Westerners were coming to buy my pottery, then I would make some profit and help my husband out, pay for rent, electricity, and provide for the family. But it's difficult. As I leave, I buy a small round pot for a dollar, a tiny fraction of what most tourists spent in the past, 
Mali used to get 170,000 tourists a year and each spend on average $100 a day. Without that cash influx, you can see the effect on Malian families in the empty streets, empty pockets and empty stomachs. For The World, I'm Bonnie Allen, Segu, Mali. We do have a Mali tourism flashback. Bonnie took a sightseeing trip in northern Mali a few years back. She sent us some photos from Jenny and Timbuktu. You can see them at theworld.org.